Welcome back to the Swim Swam podcast. My name is Ben Dornan, and I am joined today by two-time Canadian Olympian, three-time Long Course World Championship medalist, and recent qualifier for Canada for the 2023 World Championships. Um, it's Javier Acevedo. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Are you joining us today from Toronto? Are you still in Toronto after trials? Yeah, um, so I'm still in Toronto, still in uh, Scarborough. So I actually live pretty close to the Pan Am pool where they just uh, hosted the trials. So I've lived there like my whole life. So yeah, um, still here. It's not that warm yet. So we're nearing April and still not warm. Really need to back out the snow. So yeah. I'm, I'm in Ottawa actually right now. And the train, we have like just a single train that kind of goes through the city. And yesterday it shut down because in between stops it froze because it was like freezing rain and the tracks oh like froze and, and people couldn't get off the train. So I feel you on the waiting for it to get warmer front. Yep. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So I guess the first thing that we can talk about is kind of trials, 2023 world championships trials that you just completed. Um, and maybe before we kind of go event by event and kind of break down, break down your different swims, I'm just wondering kind of how, you were feeling going into it if you had any specific goals in mind or, or what your mindset was going into the meet um yeah heading into the meet uh i really didn't have any goals specifically i mean the goal was to make the team i guess and that way it was a stepping stone like this meet me and ryan millette uh we came up with an idea of essentially this meet is just a stepping stone obviously we want to qualify relays at worlds obviously we want to compete really well at worlds so it's not to say that I wasn't tapered or rested because I think that gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh, I wasn't tapered or I wasn't rested. I was. But um, I think it was a stepping stone. And I think that um, there was no specific goal other than just having fun. And I said that a lot last week um, in post-race interviews to other people around me just because I think we sometimes forget that as swimmers. Like, yes, it's our job. Yes, we're trying to achieve a lot. But just having fun with it, like smiling after a race or seeing – you know, summer break world records or Josh do amazing things or some really underrated junior swimmers who I think got overshadowed sometimes just like smiling, talking to them, you know, that yeah. that's what made last week so much fun. And that's what I was kind of heading into the meet looking forward to. So, yeah. So is it kind of, I always wonder, is it different when you go into a meet, a trials meet where it's not the final step for a season, obviously world championships or the Olympics or pan packs, something like that is generally the main goal for the season before you reset and get to it, get into another one. So these middle of the season meets where the goal can actually just be to get to the next step. Is that kind of nice in, in a way to know that that your times matter because you need to get under the cut and you need to win in yeah. order to qualify. But, but knowing that this isn't the end for this season, is it kind of, is that a relief at all? Or how do you, how do you it see It is that? a bit of a, yeah, it is a bit of a relief. I think, um, knowing where I'm at in my career, I mean, if I don't make a team, that kind of seals it, you know, kind of thing. But like as well, like I definitely know that I've done the work beforehand that I know that it's just a stepping stone. And I think you see a lot of the top swimmers, like, you know, you see the summers, you see the Maggies and you know, okay, give them more time. 
they will know exactly where to be. And so I think that relieves a lot of pressure off people. But even some people like Kylie, day one comes into the hundred back, like we're all hanging out or whatever um, before a race. And she's like, I'm a little nervous. I'm like, if Kylie's a little nervous for a race, I mean, then then we're having trouble. So, I mean, but I, I think for me personally, I don't really feel too much stress. Again, I've been doing nationals or trials since I was, I think, 14 or 15 now. So I know exactly where to be. And, and again, talking to junior swimmers, I mean, they definitely feel like stressed and you see that on their face. You know, they haven't done this enough times to know, okay, I got to swim this kind of fast in prelims to get on that junior team or senior team, whatever, like. So for me, I, I feel a lot less stressed when I go to these meets because I've been doing it so much and because I know where I'm at. Yeah. So looking at your events, you had four events, the 50 back, 100 back, 100 free, 200 free. Um, and I noticed that you entered the 200 IM and then ended up not swimming it. Was Were, were you kind of planning on swimming it and then just decided it didn't make sense? Or like, were you, were you what was your plan? Or I, what was your thought process? Uh, yeah. Um, Actually, it's kind of funny. So I did a time trial um, in it wasn't actually a time trial, it was just like kind of suit up effort um, in practice, maybe like before we left for, for the Fort Lauderdale Pro Swim. And I went to 22-9, And that's on the same day as the 2IM. So I had entered that reali realizing, okay, maybe I could do pretty well. Uh, ended up actually not having the cut because I wasn't in real time. And then my time from years prior was actually uh, what? like not didn't count so uh we just entered the 2im as something just to kind of like if i really felt like wanting to do it i could have but the goal right. was actually to do the 53 on the same day but it just didn't work out so yeah okay um interesting so looking at your events i i noticed that on day one and two you had the backstroke events and then on the back half you had the freestyle mm -hmm. so i don't know did you notice that that you kind of had backstroke and then freestyle and was that kind of nice to be able to split the strokes up between the yeah yeah, I actually noticed that like <laughs> I don't I didn't really pay attention until I got into the meet, but like once I got into the meet, I was like, wow, it is kind of interesting. And like, I did notice that. I was like, wow, okay, backstrokes on day one, day two, break, and then freestyles the rest of the way. So that was pretty nice. I mean, it could have been cool if I did the IM, then it would have been oh pretty much transitions. But right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was good. And I think the way trials was set up this year, it really set like it really set things up really well in the sense that like I had my two rate backstroke races, day one, day two, and the 50 was on the second day, so it didn't feel as stressed. And then had a day off to relax, like de-stress, and then go race 100 free, which I was pretty confident in. Take a day off, 200 free, something I definitely didn't expect to do well in and wasn't confident in, and then you know ended up turning out well, so yeah. Yeah, so looking at the 100 backstroke, I don't know if you consider that to be your main event, but I, I assume it's definitely one of your main focuses, the 100 backstroke. So having that on the first day and then we can get into how it went and, and you ended up qualifying for the team but but is it nice to have kind of a main event or like one of the focus events on the first day or is it stressful not having time to warm up throughout the meet yeah i think i think for me i don't think it was much of a stress having my one of my main events on day one i think it's something it's like my bread and butter you know i've been swimming the 100 back at that level for a long time since high school so I was 18 when I first qualified for the Olympics and you know it was 53-6 mm -hmm. um but just having that on day one honestly it's a relief for me I get it done with I'm at my freshest point in the week like I, I know what I can do and it's just about okay let's get this team done let's get trials over with essentially like let's make the team 
everything else after that is essentially gravy. We can work with that. Whatever happens, happens. But we need to qualify on day one instead of being stressed later on in the meet. So, yeah. And so I guess if if that was your mindset going in, then you were able to check that box on day one because you did end up qualifying. You won the event 53.83, which is, I think, just above your your best time. 53.6, is that right? That was your best. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So was that kind of where you thought you would be, where you hoped you would be, uh, that, like a 53-8 and, um, on day one, getting under the FINA A cut, is that, was that like around your goal or around where you expected or did you did you surpass your goal? Yeah, I think it was probably around my goal. Uh, obviously, the goal is to go best time. I mean, I haven't done that since I was 18, 19, or my first year at Georgia, uh, I was 53-63, and I think I was 65 back in 2016. So like the year after, I only dropped 0.02 or something, but um but yeah i mean the goal the goal is to go best time because i know that 53 mid 53 low is a very elite time still um and still gets the job done for what it needs to be right like i i kind of know at my point in my life like i might not be a 51 or 52 competing with those guys like hunter and and thomas but and murph but i i'm aware like if i can get down into 52 hopefully 52 high or 53 low that's enough that team canada is competitive in that medley relay or mixed medley relay, and that's going to put us on on the podium. You know, with how with how good our other legs are, I think that that's all I need, and that's all that Canada's expecting me to do. I mean, again, there's so many good junior swimmers like Aiden Norman who are coming up, and, and I think and I believe that they will be the next generation of guys to take 53 lows and 52 highs into into consideration in Canada. And Cole, you know, Cole's still around, and he's not like it's old. It's just you know, I think he's coming back from a shoulder injury. Um, so I think he still has a lot of potential. So I know where I'm kind of at with my career, kind of just filling in the slot and then, you know, hopefully just keeping it going until uh, whenever I decide to be done. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then I guess on day two, you had, it's kind of interesting that they do the 100 back and then right away the 50 back, mm-hmm. which must, I guess, be nice to kind of get get the longer one out of the way and then get to do yeah. the sprint. Um, and so... I'm assuming the 50 back you you were pretty happy with considering that it was a best time, which you said might've been a bit of a goal in the hundred and, and you ended up breaking your national record from Commonwealth games in 2022, um, 2490 uh, was your winning time in the 50 backstroke. So was that, I guess the same question from the 100 back, yeah. how, how did, how did you feel after that? And, and were you surprised? Yeah, I was a bit surprised. I mean, the morning, I was so tired because I didn't sleep the night before. I was kind of coming in with like maybe four or five hours sleep. So I was kind of tired. Right. Um, but I came into the prelim session, went 25-5 and was like, and I was slowing down. I knew what I was doing. I slowed down in the prelim because I knew I was going to hopefully seed first and, and whatever. Um, and and then at night, it was just kind of just put the hammer down and try to do what I can. And again, there's still so much room for improvement there. Um, and I think I just, again, it's about having fun. And I, I picked a walkout song my way out. That's kind of fun. And I was able to, we, I had a bet with this, uh, the, the, the national champion from last year, Loic, uh, I can't remember his last name. If he sees this, sorry, Loic. But uh, if, um, but he, he won, he won the 50 back last year. And I kind of had a, a kind of a beef with him, even though it wasn't actually, it was just kidding. But um, yeah. like heading into this year, it was like, I'm going to do the 50 back and let's see who wins kind of thing. And I think that was also just, having fun and that's what got me to the 24-9 awesome so do you expect to swim the 150 back um at world championships this summer yeah definitely both okay. of those will be movie events for sure 
Perfect. So then I guess switching into the second half of the meet, which was freestyle, you had uh, a day off on day three. And then in the, the 100 freestyle, you and Josh, I think, went one, two. Um, and I think I, I have it in my note. It was the, was it a best time? It was, it was yes. the first time. Yeah, it was there, definitely best time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a flat start. Um, and I, I know that you've been a 48 and even a 47 on a, a relay split, but this was your first time getting into that 48 range. Um, which, so that's two best times in a row. And so, right. um, how did that feel to touch second and I most likely qualify to swim the hundred free at, at Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. I hit the time. So I'll definitely, I think I'm going to swim that at Worlds as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it felt great. I mean, prelims again, felt super easy, felt like strong, felt good. Um, so went into the night session kind of knowing, you know, let's, let's try to race Josh, you know, like, I think, I think sometimes we get caught up in, oh, who knows, you know, but like, Last year, Ruslan took Josh, like, I think he maybe beat him or, like, was right with him. So right. it's it's just about, you know, not being afraid and, like, kind of just, like, yeah, he's going to take it out. Let's see if I can come back. And when watching the race and kind of analyzing with Ryan, I'm starting to come back on him midway in the pool and kind of at the, the beginning of the first, uh, beginning of the second, or I guess it would be the third 25. Um, it was the second 50, but... Um, but I'm starting to come back on him. And at the end, my legs were starting to hurt a lot. And, and I started to fade back a bit. But I was only like 0.06 off his back end. So it's about kind of dipping into that 24 range, being able to still take it out kind of fast with that easy speed and just being able to race him, right? And I think, again, heading into heading into Worlds, we have a strong group of guys, right? And I think, yeah, Ruslan was sick this week. Um, so he didn't get to compete. But... Um, being able to have three guys who are 48 flat start or 47 for Josh, but, um, and Eduard who's coming up right now, or Finley, who's been an established member now, like we're having these group of guys. And I think that's one of the goals of swimming Canada. We're actually going to Mare Nostrum, um, and doing a camp, uh, in early May, um, with a, a lot of the guys that you've, uh, that you've seen kind of the junior swimmers, some established senior members, to get everyone together and be like, yes, we can do this. We got fourth last time at the Olympics for a reason, right? Or we got sixth last year without, you know, Brent or without um, Yuri at his best. So we can do this. We can pull this off. Like, and, and I think that that's the mindset of bringing everyone together. Let's train together. Let's go race. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So before trials, I was kind of previewing the meet and I, I don't know if you saw it, but I put, I did an article about Canada and kind of the progression from I would say when Brent was like when Brent won an Olympic medal and there was kind of a surge at that point. And then in recent years, as you just mentioned, getting fourth in the Olympics and just being, I think, 0.6 or less off the podium um, and then finaling again last year. Um, so, yeah, I guess my question and you've kind of answered it um, already, but I was going to ask, is there discussion within the swimmers and within the swim Canada leadership and the coaches who are going to be leading you guys into this summer. Um, like how much of a focus you guys are putting on, on that relay, because I think between yourself, Josh and Ruslan, as you just, just laid out, who've kind of been swimming um, on these relays for a couple of years, mm -hmm. it seems like you're an obvious three. And then I'm wondering, is there, is there discussion about who the fourth will be? And we have to focus on getting four swimmers who are, who are committing to this four by 100 free relay for the summer. Um, just, just, yeah. Wondering if you can talk about like what those discussions are like in, in looking at that four by one free relay. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, uh, again, we kind of know who the three are. I mean, we know who's going to be on that relay, Josh, me, Ruslan. And again, 
the goal is to have a fifth guy because you want to be able to rest Josh or Ruslan or whoever has like a prelim session right. that day. And the best teams always can replace at least one leg, maybe two. You know, we're not as fortunate as the U.S. to have, you know, <laughs> heats of 48s or maybe 47s. But, you know, we need to be able to replace one. That's the goal. That's how the women have done it for years. That's how it, it's done to win a medal. Um, so the, the discussions, if anything, have just gone on with um, finding that fourth guy. And last year we had Steven go 48-9. And although he was a little disappointed, I think, with his trials performance, I mean, I hope he isn't done. I hope he doesn't go into a retirement and come back again like we saw last year. Um, but, you know, we have Edouard, who's training in Florida, who I'm sure is training really well right now. Um, and and Finn, again, Finn is another guy. He was 48-8 in the relay at Commonwealth Games last year, I think. And so it's just about having that fourth guy into who can dip into the 47s. It, it, it just has to be, you know, like you can have yeah. three 46s and a 48 and that might not even cut it next year, right? So it's about having, you need to have four 47s and maybe a 46. You know, we, we're going to see Great Britain swim the 100 free tonight. And you're going to see, um, you're going to see the U.S. swim their trials soon. Australia, all these countries who are Italy, like we, we need to do that. And I think that's the goal is having that fourth guy. And that's why we're doing these male uh, relay camp initiatives. Like I said, in uh, Mallorca and in Marinostrum, where we're going to have the a, not just like the fourth guy or not just the fifth guy, but a group of guys who could break out next year or break out this summer and, and bring them together so that we can all race and train together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really exciting. I'm actually covering the the British meet right after this. And I think one of our other writers, Spencer mentioned that the five fastest British men in history in the hundred free are all in the final tonight. So yeah, I guess in right. Canada and all, all around the world, it's, it's a really exciting time for that relay and it'll be fun to watch this summer and, and in Paris. Um, for sure. So, um yeah moving on to the the last event that you swam the 200 freestyle i would say if i had to pick three events that i i would guess that you would swim at trials i would definitely pick those first three the 200 free is not one that you've raced as much no, i feel like no. you've done the 200 back more and mm-hmm. and um you didn't race that this year but 200 freestyle um 149.9 in the prelims and then 147.72 in the final which was a huge personal best i think the first time under 149 Mm -hmm. um so what did that feel like touching the wall and looking up and seeing 147 yeah i mean that was pretty unexpected i'd say um again i i I don't i wouldn't even say i trained for that race um and it's kind of again something that i think swimming canada has kind of low-key has told me essentially like hey you're gonna be doing this thing like we need someone who can, who can who can go fast and you're that guy, right? And I think they're trying to experiment that with Josh sometimes. Like, I mean, Josh is dipping into like 149 and on a relay, like it's just a relay swim, right? So like last year, that was that was the reason why I was able to break out is because at Worlds, we didn't have the best relay. And I think even to Patrick's credit, Patrick went 152 in the morning um, at Worlds and then didn't even swim the relay at Commonwealth. But I think that really helped his mindset heading into this year and was a 148. But um, getting back to my point was last year at Commonwealth, I was a 146. And so being a 147 this year, I, it was unexpected because it was a flat start. But the way I swam it, I think, was really impressive for myself. Just like watching the video again and looking at the race analysis. Um, and I mean, I came back after the race and looked at Ryan and was like, what the heck just happened? Like, how did I just pull that off? Like, So um, again, it's about getting those guys. I mean, we have, again, I compare this, the 4x2 relay to 
Brazil, I think, in 2016, because I'm sometimes a swim nerd. Um, but like Brazil in 2016, uh, their four by two just made the Olympics. Like that was it. That was their goal. They just made it. I think they placed like 11th or 12th or something. I don't know. But this relay, we may not place top eight, but it's about getting us to the Olympics. If we place 12th, 11th, maybe that next generation can go off like the Brazilians uh, in 2021, where they, I think they got fourth or fifth or something. Like they're they're contending for medals now, and that's right. what we're trying to do. We might not win one. But let's put a relay at the Olympics. And then that way, you'll see the Paul Dardises, the junior swimmers, the um, there's a, a kid from TSC, I'm forgetting, I think his name is Philip, um, but who are like 150s right now, a junior. And if they can get into the 147s, well, by the time like next year happens, then we're going to have a very competitive 2028. And I think that's what Swim Canada is looking for. Right, right. Yeah, that's exciting. I feel like, yeah, I haven't focused as much on the Canadian 4x2 relay, but it's definitely like, on the precipice and yeah I, I agree i agree it's getting there and so that'll be cool to see where you get by next year and i know that swimming canada does put a lot of focus on relays um so um yeah just exciting to see to see what happens there so um <laughs> yeah so so four events at world championship trials top two in all i think you won three of them um do you know yet what events you're going to be swimming individually or is that not figured out yet at, I, at championships yeah i believe i'm going to do whatever relays they need me to do so that that's really tbd like i don't really know yet on that one but i'm 100 doing 50 back uh, i think i'm pretty sure i'm doing 100 back and i'm pretty sure i'm doing 100 free again if things conflict then we might have to have those discussions but i ryan ryan and i haven't really talked about that yet it was kind of just like let's make the team in whenever you can and then afterwards we need a scratch we can scratch like it's not that big of a deal at this point right so yeah cool so between now and world championships we have a couple months so where i guess first of all where have you been training this season have you been in in ontario um toronto scarborough area the, the whole season from from september or or what was what does your training look like so far yeah it was actually pretty hectic at the beginning um so i finished august i came um I came back to Toronto, trained for like two weeks, and then I went on like a little like road trip essentially to uh, to um, Tennessee for a week to go see my friend Tessa, um, another okay. Canadian. Um, so I trained with them in the beginning of my season, then went to NC State, um, trained with uh, my buddy Casper uh, Stokowski. Um, and then I went to Georgia for about two days, so I got to actually see how the split program was um, since okay. I've left. So that was kind of cool. Um, came back up, did the World Cup, so that was all kind of just like – we're, we're kind of just riding whatever we're at. Um, and then I went to Australia with Finley um, for about three or two weeks or something um, before the rest of the team got there for Short Course Worlds. Um, and we trained with um, Bowley's group um, in um, wherever, Gold Coast. Um, so, yeah. And so that was with like Lonnie, Emma McKeon, um, Kaylee McHugh and all of them. And I mean... I mean, Kaylee's swimming so well right now. And there's a reason. I mean, I got to watch her go like 28s or 29s for 200 pace. And there I was like kind of out of shape doing short course. And I was going like, I don't know, 30s. <laughs> like I was really struggling. So, um, but it was so good to be there. Um, again, Lonnie really was amazing. She actually hosted us sometimes and like drove Finn and I around like to see what the Gold Coast was like. And then we got the race. Um, and essentially like ever since the new year, it's been here in Toronto or down in Fort Lauderdale training. Um, so January, we went to Knoxville Pro Swim. 
Fort Lauderdale for two weeks, back up to Toronto, Fort Lauderdale Pro Swim, and then we were at a taper camp in Fort Lauderdale um, at Pinecrest uh, for another two weeks and before we just got here. So now, now for the rest of the season, it'll be, like I said, we're going to go to Spain. Um, it, we're doing training camp, I think, for 10 days in Mallorca. Um, and then I'm not going to – pardon? Is that, in, is that in May or June? That's in May. That's in early May. This, okay. So I think okay. May 3rd we leave. Um, and so I'm, we're doing, I think, 10 days or 11 days or something in, in Mallorca. And that's with like a bunch of swimmers. And then I'm coming back here because uh, I work part time for a, a bank in Canada. So okay. I got to show up to work. <laughs> but uh, the rest the rest of the crew will go to Marinostrum. And then essentially from there, it'll just it's in Toronto. At least my training will be in Toronto. And um, then we go to staging camp in, in Japan. So yeah, awesome. So you said you're not competing in Marinostrum. Do you have any any meets planned from now or then, or, or will you mostly just be training? Yeah, good question. I I wish I knew. I wish I <laughs> I wish I knew. Um, like I I assume I will. Um, probably something locally. Um, but I have no idea. Uh, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not really stressed about it. I, I'm okay with doing whatever at this point because I know what I've done leading up to this point is pretty good. Uh, so if I can just train and, and maybe like compete here and there, maybe do some offense or like I said, like I was doing like time trial 50 free just to see if I can get my speed up. So I think they're like that I'm okay with that. I don't need to go to Marinostrum to prove that I can compete with the big guys. I've done that before. Right. So, you know, right. And you'll get a chance to do it this summer at, at world championships. Um, sure. will. sure will. <laughs> So I, you kind of just touched on a very busy fall where you were traveling around a lot, training in different spots. And um, I guess 2022 seemed very busy for a lot of people. Um, like even before the fall happened, it it's pretty rare that we have three major international meets that people can compete in in a year. It's usually one or two at the most. So you're one of those people who who raced at the world championships and then raced at the commonwealth games and then a few months later another world championships um mm -hmm. and um let me see and the world cups yeah and the world cups and so the world also, cups. yeah 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 so it was it's it's seemingly like that's like six months where you don't go longer than a month without a pretty big meet mm -hmm. um so i was wondering especially coming out of covid which is now started i think more than three years ago so crazy <laughs> it's a bit of a long time ago but yeah. obviously having that stretch where people weren't really competing that much and the olympics getting pushed and all that right. how have you transitioned from that into racing this much and and kind of not stopping because after december then you had a bit of time and did a pro swim and then trials and then you know you're, you're gonna go to world so how have you kind of gotten back into that groove of, of racing so much Honestly, I think I, I kind of look back um, at someone I kind of admired. I mean, I still admire her, but like someone like Katinka back in her, her prime, right? Like the Iron Lady, right? Like she would do so many meets like here, there, everywhere, right? Like, yeah. and I think I kind of take take that like personally because now I want to do that. Like, I think that's so enjoyable for me. Like, um, I don't know what my, the rest of my career looks like, but like I really do enjoy racing. Like, as much I don't want to train as much as possible. I kind of just want to race because I don't want to, right. I don't want to hurt during practice. Right. So, um, I've really taken that like personally and just like being able to just enjoy it. Right. So going to the world cups, doing just three stops, going to this, doing that, whatever, like, like this year I'll, I'll have, I think the announcement comes today again, I think for Pan Am. So like 
I think I'll be announced at Pan Ams, and that'll be almost like a home game for me because my my some of my family background is is from Chile. So I really want to hopefully be a flag bearer. That's this gets out in public. I want to be flag bearer. Let that be known. I'm putting that manifesting yeah, that manifesting but, uh, <laughs> manifesting exactly. So um, yeah, like I, I'm gonna have a busy fall again, and and again there'll be like World Cups here and there, and then if the World Championships in Doha, um, that'll be cool. So. I, I really love it. I really do enjoy racing. I enjoy meeting people, talking to so many people and, and just being part of Team Canada and, and trying to be a leader. I mean, that's the biggest goal for me is I want to have some kind of leadership role and being able to help the younger swimmers come up and, and I'll always talk to them or always give them advice or whatever they need. Yeah, so I think that was kind of leading into my next question, which was the world's team was announced and we were kind of tracking it and projecting it. And then there were a few extra names of people that, that couldn't race um, at trials for various reasons. And I think the headline from Swimming Canada was a mix of like veterans and new swimmers or something along those lines. And it, it really is striking looking at it. There's some people who like, like yourself and um, Penny and Catherine, like they, you, you guys have been around for more than six years at this point, uh, multiple mm -hmm. world championships teams, multiple Olympics. And then you have a lot of younger people that this might be their first international team or, or their second yeah. international team. Um, so what's it like to have a team like that with such an interesting mix of, of experience levels? And as someone who's more experienced, do you kind of naturally flow into a leadership position? Yeah, I think I do. Again, with, with the thing with like trying to be a leader is it, it, there's different types of leaders, right? Like you can lead by example, you can lead with you know, different characteristics and qualities and and for me i try to lead by example that's kind of my thing like i'll go to practice i do the work i come back i i try to you know have fun like i said like um so so that's kind of my role and again there's there's like you know the finleys of the world or the kylies who who lead kind of like as a as a figurehead kind of person right and and there's so many different ways that we're, we're trying to do this in swim canada um and I think it's fantastic. And again, you have the youthful people, you have Ella Jansen of the world, you have um, newcomers who have never been on national teams, or maybe this is their second one or whatever, right? Like, this is a this is a big meet coming up. I don't think, I think I said this in a posterous interview or, or some kind of interview last week as well. But like, uh, this is a big meet, we have to qualify relays. But at the same time, they're the people who will go to Pan Am's as the secondary team, who have a chance at the Olympics, like, um, John Atkinson was talking to me last maybe two years ago or something now um, and he was saying like we looked at the data and there were a lot of people who ended up swimming at Pan Am's who actually did end up making the Olympics even though it was a secondary team right. so it, it goes to show that no matter how you make a national team whether it be the secondary team the Pan Am's or the world's team whatever or maybe you go to junior worlds everyone given that chance has a chance next year like you have that opportunity to rep the Maple Leaf you can go into the next year with so much confidence. And I think that really helped me in 2016 um, going to junior worlds, winning a jun junior gold medal um, and silver and all that stuff, like having a lot of success at junior worlds helped me have the confidence heading into that trials in 2016 to make the Olympic team. So. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. That's really exciting to hear. So I think that this question might be an obvious answer, but you are planning on, Kind of going through next year and, and vying for a spot on, on the Paris team is that your goal right now or have you not decided I haven't decided honestly I think the okay. last time I came on here I also said I was undecided um and I think I think for me I've talked to my old coach Andrew uh who now coaches at Cascade um but he 
gave me some of the best advice and so did my grandparents and my mother and my father um, along with my family, the rest of my family. But like, just take it my month by month, day by day, whatever. Like, there's no pressure. I have accomplished everything I ever wanted to. Yes. Wouldn't an Olympic medal be pretty cool? Yes. 100% would it. But I don't think there's any pressure for me to continue if I don't want to. And I think that's why I am so content with if Pan Am Games, because I'm going to Pan Am Games. I'm, I'm doing that for sure. Um, right. I think if that were it, I would be content with that because that is a home game kind of for me. It's a coming home kind of party. Um, so I am content with that. But the legacy I would leave behind if we were in a medal would also be pretty fantastic. So, Yeah. And I guess it's the whole question about legacy is interesting also, because as you were talking about with the relay, you have been putting in a lot of work to developing the, the relays at this point. So I guess, do you consider it that even if you don't end up going to Paris and obviously we're not, we're not saying that you're not because, because you haven't decided. Who knows? I have no, I don't even know. <laughs> even if you don't end up in, in, at, at Paris in 2024 or even in two years from then or another four years, do you still feel like, that legacy that you were talking about as a leader or as someone who's contributed to relays that will then qualify in the future. Do you, how, how do you think about like what your legacy will be on, on team Canada and, and within swimming Canada? Yeah, I think, I think I would hope I leave a good legacy and something that definitely people will remember for at least a generation or two. Um, and I say that because I looked back on a lot of people um, that were, you know, I was, uh, I looked up to, right? Like, Maybe they weren't national team members. I remember, you know, Hassan Abdel Khalik or the, some old, very old Canadian swimmers who set the tone for me and like me and Marcus at the time. And I, I think of that because we were the ones trying to chase those guys, trying to chase them. And then you saw the kind of guys like Cole and Finley and Josh, let's chase Marcus and Javi. And then there's guys like uh, Lon Kim who are and, and Antoine Destang, like younger guys who are about 14. We're like, wow, Finley and Josh were doing this at 14. Let's try to reach them. So right. there's always like this legacy that I think every generation leaves behind. And I would hope that mine is kind of, you know, strong. And I think that, you know, leading those relays or kind of helping those relays to whatever degree they might get achieve. Um, it's something that I'll leave behind. Awesome. Um, so I guess that just to wrap up, I just have one question kind of um, separate from separate from what we've talked about, but also related yeah, to everything. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as, so you're, we've talked about multiple meets that you've gone to, two Olympics, multiple world championships, uh, Pan American Games, world junior championships. Um, I'm just wondering, is there one swim or one meet or one moment that isn't swimming, like anything that like sticks out as if you were to remember one thing from your career so far that that, like, that will stick out? Uh, I would say... Maybe, maybe it doesn't. I, I think it's just a swimming moment for me, um, but also kind of not. I just, I think just being given the opportunity to go swim in the U.S., go swim for the University of Georgia, um, for me personally, that was that was one of the greatest opportunities I had in my life. Um, just the friendships, the relationships I built there. Um, you know, I still have so many friends from there, and even if we don't talk, I still hope the best for everyone that you know that we don't talk anymore with. Um, just because like that place just holds a special place in my heart, Athens. And, um, and again, you see the, like, I guess kind of a legacy as well in the sense that like you see maybe not Georgia, but a lot of Canadians are now going to the U S to achieve a lot yeah. of success. And maybe some Canada won't like me saying that, but that's, that's what's happening. And I think, um, as great as the centers are, a lot of people are going to do that and they see, wow, 
I get a degree, I get a, a, a scholarship, I get all these opportunities that open so many doors, whether that be professionally, you know, athletically, whatever. And, and that's why I think of that as such a great moment. And that's why I really, really appreciate everything Jack Bowerly did for me. Um, and, and I'm really glad to have done that. Awesome. It's a great answer. And yeah, I guess we didn't <laughs> talk too much about your time in the NCAA, but that was also kind of happening concurrently with a bunch of the meets between 2016 and 2021 that we talked about. Um, yeah, so I am running out of time on this Zoom call, <laughs> so I'll have to cut it there. Um, but yeah, any any last thoughts? Uh, anything, anything else? Well, thank you, Ben, for having <laughs> me. And, you know, I appreciate that and, and hope Ottawa isn't much worse for you. <laughs> So. Yes, I'm hopefully going to have some warmer days coming soon. Hopefully the same for Toronto. Um, well, thank you very much for, for joining me here today. And thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we will be back later this week with the Swim Swim podcast. You've been listening to the Swim Swim podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.